It is Friday, May 27th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our good friends at Shady Rays. You can not only look this cool, but when you inevitably lose or break your sunglasses, they will replace them. That's one of the many reasons we love Shady Rays. That is Pete Moylan filling in once again for the vacationing Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is here as well. Uh, I'm kind of sad. This is the last day that you'll be joining us on baseball today for the foreseeable future. How are I you? I really appreciate you having me for this week, Rosie. It's been, it's been a, I, I respect Ploof a whole lot more. It's a, it's a, it's a grind. It's a, it's a working thing and it's an everyday thing. And you guys do a great job. And I appreciate you listening to me for this five days. Oh, it's been fun having you. And we've learned a lot about honeybee preservation and, and growing it on your land, which I'm is an educator. Awesome. That's what I do. Uh, I know that next week you are headed on a road trip to go broadcast some Braves games. One of your stops will be in Colorado, and perhaps you will be fortunate enough to see the Colorado Rockies in their City Connect jerseys, which were revealed on Friday morning. I got to admit, these, uh, these are easily top two or three out there, don't you think? You think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like the uh, – I don't know if I can get behind the full green uni. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I don't – Call me a traditionalist. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just feel like it's um, it's a bit much for me. Okay. Well, my my sixteen year old who's big into like baseball clothing. In fact, he designed our high school uniforms. He went to right. the athletic director and he was like, "I want to design them." He designed them. So he's really big into this stuff. He was like, "These would be unbelievable if they held the purple color." But as you can see behind me, I've got like the Miami City Connect. Yeah. And those aren't anything like their regular uniforms. So a lot of teams, you know, the Boston, they went yellow, yellow. you know, all sorts of stuff. I could see these in purple and they'd be incredible. That'd be really good. And I, you know, I love the nationals, uh, the national city connect jerseys with the, uh, with the flowers all cherry, over it, cherry blossoms cherry all blossoms. over it. Um, that's yeah, that the one, right that's the one yeah. that I really like. I think they've done a really good job. I'm not saying this is going to look bad. I don't want to see it on a baseball field. It's tough when they're standing in front of a mountain, but. I want to see it on a baseball field and see how it goes. <laughs> Let me know. I want you to go take a picture with one of the guys in Done. uni and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Um, a lot of interesting stuff happened around the show last night. So biggest deal from Thursday. Uh, Shohei gave up as many runs against the Jays as he did in his previous four starts combined. Trevor Story homered for the seventh time in his last seven games. Nasty Nestor continued his magical run with dominance over the Rays, lowering his ERA to 1.70. Yeah. Or Josh Hader saved his 16th game of the season in his 16th appearance on the season. But he's gone 32 straight since last year as well. So that's nothing surprising for me. He's unbelievable. I got to see him in person just eight days ago. And, and he's, he's, he's improved even more. It's not just deception anymore. He can actually dot with everything that he throws. So that's nasty. But I've got to go with Nesta as far as just out of nowhere. I Like... What is he doing? Where's he come from? And he's the Yankees' best starter right now, Nesta Cortez. And, and has been really pretty much for an entire year now. I mean, that's the way it feels. So, you know, what it was, he had 34th rounder, 36th rounder, something around there. Uh, and, and let's not totally applaud the Yankees here because they got rid of him twice. So this is his third go-around. Every team could have had a shot at him. And, you know, I watch him every time and, you know, he throws low nineties when he really gets it ramped up, 
but it yes all the arm slots it's all the arm slots that he mixes in that's what i love about it it's it's like he's he's reinvented himself and and found a way to be dominant in today's game and i think it's hats off to him he's doing things that yankee yankee starters haven't done in history which is crazy you think of all the starters that have come through they're kind of a new franchise, though. So there's yeah, not right. that much history right. to them. You're right. You know, you're absolutely uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So let's put it in check a little bit there. It'll be interesting because I think he's obviously solidified his spot on the all-star team unless he just falls flat on his face in the yeah. month of June, which I don't anticipate him happening to him. Uh, I don't. I think he'll have a hard time starting the game in part because Justin Verlander has been so damn good and his manager is going to manage the all-star game. And at 39 years old, to come back and do what he's done is something special it doesn't diminish at all what what nestor has accomplished right he is i'm pretty sure nestor's going to be pretty happy just showing up and getting an all-star patch i'm I'm (laughs) after where his career has been and where he's at right now yeah and as long as he doesn't pitch on sunday getting a chance to pitch in that game in los angeles that will be something remarkable for him i love stories like that with all that being said i want to go back to the first guy you mentioned in josh Hader. it's actually 37 straight 37. scoreless regular season appearances for him he's converted his last 30 save opportunities in the regular season i know braves are screaming at the mountaintop that hey freddie freeman took him which he did that was in the postseason um pittsburgh i would give you a trillion dollars if you could tell me the last guy who played it at a run who drove in a run against josh Hader. In fact, um, I would even give you the team and you still wouldn't get it. Okay, go. Give me the team. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I don't even That's know. right. Go. If you said Rodolfo Castro with a homer Second off on of Hader on July 28th, yeah, it was right there on the tip of your tongue. Um, pretty remarkable what, what Hader has done. And also, we, we, meant, we chronicled yesterday what's been going on you know, he had some personal leave time. And then to come back right. and in a one-run game against your division rival in their city yep. and to come in and kind of walk around some danger that he, you know, put himself in and to get still get the save situation, pretty good for him. He also, he just came off the 10-day IL when we got there and hadn't pitched in a game in, in 11 days, warmed up the first day we got there, didn't get in the game came in the next day and was just completely dominant. It's like he's found a rhythm, he's found something, and he knows himself, and he knows what to do to get himself ready, and he's just locked right now. One other thing that happened interesting last night, uh, George Springer. He now is tied for the fourth most leadoff homers of all time as he takes Shohei Otani deep out in Anaheim. Another seven leadoff homers, and only Ricky Henderson will have more in the history of baseball. Do you think eventually we will consider George Springer one of the great leadoff men in the history of this sport? I think so. Just power numbers alone. Um, obviously, the game's changed since traditional leadoff hitters. You're going to have to give me a list of, of you know, Ricky Henderson's there, but you're going to have to reel off some more famous leadoff so, hitters because now it's kind of like you get famous because you're hitting tanks, whereas before right. it was a guy. I guess Ricky got famous because he was, you know, doing the – he was the first real power leadoff guy that we saw. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember seeing George in 2013. I was in AAA with the Dodgers and he was with Houston and I was facing him. And he was, I say this all the time, but he was so far above anybody else that I was facing in AAA that you could just see that he was going to be something special. And when he got to the big leagues, he just exploded, obviously. He had everything when he was in AAA and he's continued to just be a force. If he's healthy and he's playing at full, full strength, 
he, I don't think there's a better leadoff guy in the game right now. Maybe Acuna or Judge when he hit, when he leads off. Yeah, the rare times that Judge hits leadoff like he right. did last night. Uh, so career-wise, here's some numbers for you on George Springer. A 359 on-base percentage, which is certainly good enough yeah. at the top spot. It's not elite, but it's good enough. 854 OPS. Now, when you compare him and you said, let's bring up some names and some numbers. Yeah. Ricky Henderson's career. What do you think his career on-base percentage was? 400? 401. <laughs> was it really? Now, that's some That's some elite shit right there. But his OPS was 820. So significantly lower than George Springer on the OPS. Tim Raines, another guy, Rock Raines, who in the 80s was, it was basically Ricky in the National League and uh, Ricky in the American League and Raines in the National League. That's right. pretty much the way it was in the 80s. Raines, 385 on base percentage, which again, bordering on elite, 810 OPS. A little bit later, he started to hit elsewhere, more pop. Uh, that sort of stuff. So that, that's where his OPS numbers came from. But you're talking about the difference in what was expected out of a leadoff hitter back then, right? Ricky, more than a thousand stolen bases. Tim Raines in the 800s, I believe. How many stolen bases do you think George Springer has in his career? I'm, I just had his baseball reference page up too, but I would think that he's got 15, 20 a year. So, you know, and he's played seven, eight. 110. Shock you if I told you he's got 54 stolen bases in his career. Yes. 54. Yeah, that's, that's in part because he's he's a terrible base stealer. He's he's been caught 33 times. And he's that also on second time. most of the time when he's up there and he doesn't hit singles. <laughs> well, let me throw this name at you. What about like a Juan Pierre? You look at Juan Pierre's numbers from early back in the day. That's the that's when I thought of when I first started coming over here. That was my traditional leadoff guy. Mm-hmm. Does he consider? Does he consider what I do? Played 162 games every year from 2003 to 2007. Yep. Had 668, 678, 699 at bats. Got 200 hits, three out of the four years. Mm -hmm. Stole 65 to sorry, 45 to 65 bases a year in those times. Walked. His on-base percentage was. 370, 350, 360. Slugging was 400, 350. So, right. no, no, but for a short time, yes. And that's when it started to phase out. That's correct. where the game started to change. So I think once we get back to the original question is where were, are we going to rank Springer? It's such a different category than it was when I was growing up in terms of what was expected out of leadoff hitter. Right. But I think that he is going to get those seven more. I think it's only going to be Ricky Henderson uh, ahead of him in terms of leading off. Um and by the way, do you, does it bother you that the leadoff category, when you hit a leadoff homer, that includes when you hit in the bottom of the first? Shouldn't it just be a top of the – shouldn't it be the true leadoff hitter of the game? Well, you're leading off for your team. It's the first time they've had a chance to lead off offensively. I know. That's why I think it should only be a road category. Like You can't do there's that. There's something different. Why? There's something different when the leadoff hitter of the entire game. No, no, it's not. You're still facing the the opposing pitcher for the first time. You're still leading off the game offensively, whether it's one team or the other. It's, I don't think you're not leading off the game. You're leading off for your team. You're leading off your your offensive inning. You're the leadoff guy for your offensive inning, the bottom of the inning, the top and the bottom. It's a little thing. Just always got under my skin a little. I can tell. I know. Let's move on. Trevor Story. Obviously, he's figured it out. We talked about it, mentioned it earlier. Seven homer in the last seven games. I think he's got 21 RBIs in that stretch. Um, and we have talked about him several times on this show. 
Yes. Which player in a new uniform would you like to see break out of the new city doldrums next? I'll give you a guess. Robbie Ray. No, it's Matt Olson. Matt Olson. Wow, he doesn't he have got the off, most doubles in baseball though? Fine, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be hitting tanks. And he got off to such a good start, a hot start. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of been, he's been scuffling a little bit over the last two or three weeks. He's still been getting his doubles. He's still been getting his walks, but he just hasn't been able to find that power stroke yet. He had a home run the other night, which I think is going to get him going off the foul pole, but he's just gradually been building and building and the pressure of a new team, that big contract, replacing Freddie Freeman, all that goes along with it. I just hope that he can, next couple of weeks, find himself and start to go off and, and relax and, and enjoy himself in Atlanta, which I think he's enjoying himself, obviously, but he'd be enjoying himself a lot more if he can hit a few tanks i promise you yeah here's the thing though pete and i understand that he's not probably producing it where he wants to out of all of the regulars on the braves he is and and acuna hasn't played enough in my opinion to to qualify in this area he's getting there he's got the highest ops mm-hmm. he's at an 819 ops he's got five homers and 18 doubles what you're doing is you're diving into the numbers. What I'm doing is I'm yeah. describing what I'm seeing and I'm seeing a yeah. frustrated guy and I don't like that. I don't want to, I don't want to see someone that's come out of new city and he's just frustrated with himself because that's fair. Uh, he, he was out there at one in the afternoon, taking early BP the other day with a, a group of guys. We're talking high velocity machines. We're talking, he's doing everything he can to try and get himself right. So I just hope that he can break out the next couple of weeks and, and, and find himself because he mm-hmm. deserves it. No, that's a really good point too, by the way, because when you're at the diamond, yeah, it's why we why Ploof and I try and get out to a Dodger or Angel homestand just to kind of see these guys, put our hands on them. Like, yeah, it's way different than when you're just staring at a computer. Yeah, um, it's important for our job so that we can relate that to the to the consumers out there. For me, and it's the reason I am wearing my bright orange Miami Marlins cap, Avisel Garcia. Yeah. Now we know that part of the reason. Derek Jeter reportedly stepped down in his role was because he was promised the ability to go get Nick Castellanos in the middle of that lineup. That's what it sounds like. Jeter has not come out and confirmed it. Nobody else has, but that is a report. And if you're trying to connect some dots, it makes sense. So they didn't get him. What they did was they got two outfielders instead. They got Jorge Soler, who's hit some bombs and Mm. has done a nice job at times. But you kind of know what you're getting with Soler, hit and miss. Avisel Garcia is a guy they gave $53 million to over four years to kind of mature the middle of that lineup. And it has not happened. He has three homers so far after hitting 29 in Milwaukee a year ago. He's got a 526 OPS. That is 220 points below his career average. I'm not expecting him to have an 850 OPS, but you got to get mid 700s. If they're going to pay you that type of dough, if you're supposed to be a difference maker in that lineup when they're getting such good pitching each and every night, yeah, man, I mean, you've seen the Marlins play. I have, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to see him this weekend as well. So I'm happy for Abisale to get hot on Monday and ride off into the mm-hmm. sunset for the whole week and win player of the week as soon as it starts on Monday. But um, yeah, it's, it's a similar situation. You know, he wants to come and make a good impression, go out there and, and earn the money and, and, a lot of guys think that once you get paid, the pressure's off and it's not, it's added. You said it the other day. It just, it, it, there's a microscope on you now and it's a different microscope. If you don't play, there's the ability to send you out when you're not getting guaranteed money. Now that you're getting a big contract, there's nowhere to send you. So the pressure just ramps up and he's going to be feeling it. But 
remember when he first came up? He was called Baby Miggy. Yeah, I, I faced him in with the with the White Sox. I mean, he's he's a really good outfielder. He's got an unbelievable pop to right center, which is you know what you want from your power guys. But he can drive it all over the field, and and he's just got to he's just got to find himself as well. Maybe it's in. I don't, I don't even know what it would be like to have to go from an environment, and he's done it before, so it's not new to him, but to go from a completely different environment where you're comfortable in Milwaukee, and then you go to somewhere else in Miami, maybe the hitting the hitting coach is different. Maybe you can't gel with the three or four hitting coaches that they've got. Maybe you can't find that guy that you want to go to. It's, it's an interesting dynamic and something that we don't really dive into much. And let's remember this. Ever since he left Detroit, he's played his home games in some very hitter-friendly ballparks, right? Yeah. In Chicago on the south side and in Milwaukee. And you go to cavernous Miami, where yeah. it really takes a shot to get it out of it. Sometimes that can fuck with your brain a little bit. Chad Qualls actually told me when I was in Houston, he said, "If you ever want to save your career, go pitch in Miami," <laughs> because he just gave up fly <laughs> balls and everywhere. <laughs> right. That's good. Uh, MLB extended the rule where you can now have 14 pitchers on your roster until June 20th, which is a smart move. But yes. how worried are you about the health of pitching staffs the rest of the season, Pete? I, don't, I, if, I just don't understand why they have to tell teams how to make up their roster. That should be their own choice. Why, why do they get to decide how many pitches or how many position players a team can have? The roster's ahead of 26. You can carry whatever you want, I think. I don't understand why there's the rule. If a guy needs more arms because they've had a bad week, then let them bring more arms up. That's, that's, I, don't, I don't know that why they're now deciding who and what can be on a roster. Is that, that's not normal right? You could carry eight relievers if you wanted to back in the day. You could carry nine relievers if you wanted to back in the day when it was 25. You just go short on the bench. Now they're dictating what you can and can't do with your own roster. I don't get it. Okay, I agree with you there. Um, no, that's a smart smart call. I guess it gets to the the overall question, which is what I would really wanted to try and get to because sure. we see so many guys getting put on the injured list. I know. Are you worried this year about, in particular, about health for pitching staffs or not? I worry every year just because of the just because it's it's a lot like the guys got to understand that to get through a full baseball season without any injuries is is so tough you can just look at my career um and I just think that the the way that we're we're re relying on guys to go multiple innings over multiple days now it's not just you know there used to be you'd be locked in at one inning and you'd go three out of four there were certain rules now they're kind of extending the amount that guys will throw they're, they're doing guys are starting opening guys are going three innings at a time and then coming back and maybe getting one out i do worry about that but i just think the overall health it's it's concerning because of the short spring but I think we've seen enough now that to realize that guys are going to be able to get through. I'm, I'm, I hope they keep the roster sizes the same. Um, and I just, I think that there needs to be enough pitching to, to be able to cover it. And I'm sick of seeing position playing pitching, to be honest with you. Like if you have nine pitches, throw them. Well, we saw at least four guys get on the mound who were position players. I was going to save that a little bit later for the amp part. Um, mm. But while we're here, it bothers you. Like we saw, both Chicago teams throw position players in a seven run game too. And then, but I don't like the fact that the umpire changes the way he's calling the game because there's now a position player on the, on the, on the hill. He, he punched oh. out Xander Bogarts last night on a ball that was seven inches outside. It felt like because he just wanted to get the game over. If you talk to Gabe Kapler, that's a, that's still in a game still in contention. So mm -hmm. call the strikes the right way. That's what that, like the whole mood of the game changes once a position player gets on there. It's almost like, okay, they've given up. But what happens that one time where 
they throw a position player, he gets out of the inning, and the team comes back like it's because you've called it, you've called a strike that wasn't a strike, and you've let the team back into it. That's the frustrating part for me. It changes the game. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because yeah, that caught, I was watching when Bogers, Bogers like never argues. Period. Right. But he was embarrassed last night by that one. You did. He was, and we have to remember, like for us, it's cute. It's haha. It's all that. That goes on the back of Xander Bogart's baseball card. Whether you think it's important or not, and you just say it's one out of 650 at-bats he's going to have this year, that's why he's elite. Because he takes everyone seriously, and he's not going to get punched down on a pitch that's seven inches off the plate. Yeah. it's That one game in May doesn't mean shit until September when you're down by one game. Great call. New York Yankees got their four-game series start off in style. We talked about Nestor Cortez, but he wasn't the real um, flash last night. It was Matt Carpenter, whom they signed to a major league deal right before the game, which means Matt Carpenter had to ditch the beard, but he kept the stash. What do you think of the look? Is it scary? I think it's fantastic. I think he's doing what the Yankees force everybody to do, which is come up with the most ridiculous porn stashes because in 2022, they forced grown men to fucking shave. That's unbelievable to me that in 2022, we have an organization that can force someone to shave their facial hair at four. If I go to the Yankees, I'm 40 years old. I'm an adult. I've been living this life. I've worked every job you can work and I can't pitch for that team because I have facial hair. Come on now. Well, you know, every uh, every job has some requirements there, Pete. <laughs> You're not buying it? I'm not buying it. Look at me. I go on television with tats galore. I'm changing this. I'm single-handedly changing everyone's opinion. I think everybody should be able to do whatever the hell they want to do. Like, there's, obviously, there's reasons. There's there's rules. Well, you know what, Pete? Certain... It's tradition. It's tradition with, right. the, uh, with us. There's a you lot know, of traditions that we've We don't put names on the back of. of our jerseys, and we don't put... Hair on our faces. Ty Cobb used to sharpen his spikes too. That was tradition. There's a bunch of shit that we've gotten rid of, Rosie. It's, you can't, this, the way we've always done it, line is the most frustrating line in baseball. Actually, life. Sure. It's, it's, it's true. Do you, you, not understand, do you understand how crazy, like, like, everybody has to shave when they go to the Yankees. Why? They're, they're the only team, they're the only sports organization that forces someone to shave, I think. Well, I Damn. know that there's – actually, I think down in Miami, they might have some sort of policy as well, um, which is interesting because Mattingly actually – I don't know if it was technically a suspension, but he didn't play a game because his hair was too long. They, the Yankees made him cut it in the 80s. Their best – this wasn't just some guy. This was their best fucking player. They made cut his hair. Is that a power trip? Is that, is that not just a power trip? Yes, it is. Okay. I am waiting for the day. Who is the most, who has the most formidable facial hair? That's I thought it would have been Johnny Damon. Right I thought it would have been Johnny Damon. I thought if anybody was going to buck the system, oh. when he went over there, I thought he was going to do it, but he came clean shaven. I'm like, oh, well, there we yeah, go. Yeah, that was a good call. Because Garrett Cole had a beard too. Yeah. yeah, but Odor was, you know, he was, had been released from a team. Um, yeah. It would have to be somebody out there. Um, like if Freddie Freeman had had a beard, and was coming from Atlanta, and he said, listen, I, I definitely will come, but I, I'm not going to get rid of my beard. Mm. How do you think that would have played out? Do you think the Yankees would have really said, you know what, then we won't give you the money? I think so. They forced everyone, Rosie. Like, 
they've had free agents come in the past, big, big free agents. I know not all of them had beards, but I'm sure some of them might want to have grown maybe a little, maybe a little chin strap, maybe a little flavor saver. Nothing. All right. We've gone through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s where there were so many different beard designs you could have gone with, and not one Yankees player got to fuck with any of it. I know. Sorry. I don't know if I'm going to keep this thing. You should keep that thing. I love it. Really? Oh, so good. Yes. Grizzled vet. Yeah, dude. Yeah, grizzled is the operative word and vet. You got it all. Um, so on John Boy Media, we know that by the time this comes out in podcast form and on our YouTube form, you will have already done talking baseball with Jimmy and Jake. You're looking forward to that, I'm sh- I'm sure, right? I can't wait. It's I'm a bit nervous. I'll be honest with you. You know, it's it's. Don't be. It's a, what do you mean nervous? You're I, not nervous I, when you're working with me. I know, but I've got to read on on camera, and you know how good I am at oh, words. Oh, you have to do one of the right. Uh, what, what do you what recap do you have? The recap. I got the I got the AL recap. So I'm I'm proofreading. I'm reading it like I don't want to mess up on camera. I hate reading on camera. Do it. Do this for me, and you can tell the boys that I told you. All right. Do it in your best American accent. <laughs> I won't be able to hold it for that. I'll do it. I'll do the first recap in my best American accent. Yeah. Just say, hey, Rosie wanted me to do it in my best American accent. So here we go. Got it. I, I really can't wait to hear it because it'll be excellent. Oh, um, it's going to be so bad. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with Austin Hedges is out. Once again, he's very, very funny. He's just got, he's got stories galore. He is, uh, he is right in the thick of the sauce back there behind home plate. And so he's got all sorts of goodies for us. So. Go out and listen, and uh, right after we're done today, on the AMP side of things, I'll be recording with Josiah Gray, the young pitcher of the Washington Nationals, who I'm looking forward to meeting. So that'll be fun. How'd you look? How'd you line that one up? He's He was uber prospect. Well done, Rosie. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've got Kyle, who does the PR for the Nationals, is fantastic. He's a big John Boy Media fan. Right. We really work in conjunction. This is kind of a stepping stone. I want to get to know Josiah. There's no mm. question. We're trying to inch our way toward Juan Soto. Um, now, Kyle has helped us out immensely. With He got us Max Scherzer last year. He got us um, he got us uh, Trey Turner. So we're trying to get a hold of Soto. Soto is very finicky with what he does media-wise. That's but, surprising you know, to me because he's so good. He is great. But, you know, I understand it. But the more young guys that go up to him was like, hey, yeah, we I had a blast on the Rose rotation. You know, Josh yeah. Bell's a great interview. So but I'm looking for I want to get some of these young guys who are up and coming. So as yeah. they continue to blossom at the level, they'll come back to us awesome. so that our viewers can be entertained. Genius. Uh, thanks so much for joining us once again on the podcast and our YouTube channel. Everybody have a sensational baseball weekend out there for our outstanding producer. The clean-shaven Dan Rourke, which means he can be signed by the Yankees at any moment. Also, by the way, how was your birthday, Rourke? Thumbs up? Good? Are you okay? It was really good. Yeah, sorry, I had to unmute. But, yeah, it was good. And we're, like, continuing into the weekend, and all my boys are home for, like, from school and stuff. So, Uh, chilling. It was good. This is going to be great. If everybody wants a live episode of Jersey Shore, just check out Dan Rourke's Instagram stories. (laughs) They're going to be fantastic. Pete Moylan, you have been unbelievable this week. We always appreciate it. We look forward to your calls of the Braves games next week. Uh, I will definitely be tuning in. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on Baseball Today.